0: It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Davis, wide open. Davis still going, and he's in for the touchdown. he hit immediately yes. when he got the handoff. You know <laughs> The q Oh, my gosh. Listen, Thank you
1: from the playlikeajet.com digital studios. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time for part two of the Weekend Mailbag. So for that, we bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. So let's jump right back into the mailbag. Next question comes in from John Filippelli. He says, do you guys think Joe Douglas gets too much praise? If you look at his draft and free agency record, still has a long way to go. I think you could look at the 2020 draft and really maybe only see one true hit so far, that being Makai Becton. But his two threes and three fours didn't show much, and man was one of the worst punters. Well, let's relax there. Braden Mann actually had a bunch of big time tackles, including one that saved an entire game against the Rams. But yeah, with Braden Mann, I don't know if one of the worst punters is fair, just because I think part of it is that one habit that Braden Mann had at AM that he's gonna have to break, and he started to do it as the season wore on, is that he tends to outkick his coverage too much. He's got such a big leg that he puts too much into it sometimes, and precision punting is an art form, but he started to get better at it as the season wore on, and with Brant Boyer helping him, I think he'll be fine. But the main part of your question here is, does Joe Douglas get too much praise? And in some corners, yes. And Chris, you and I have sort of talked about this before. I think part of it is that Douglas is the first general manager that the Jets have had in a while who appears to have a plan, appears to know what he's doing, and seems to have this team on the right track. Now, I agree that the 2020 draft, there's still a lot to be determined. Becton is the only one who really performed very well last year. The others had mixed results. Ashton Davis, eh, here and there, he was okay. Bryce Hall was good for a few games, but very small sample size. Denzel Mims was good in spots, but there were times where he didn't really do much, and he was hurt for quite a bit of the season. And then you look at most of the rest of the guys that were drafted, and they didn't do much or didn't even play. You look at somebody like Cam Clark or, of course, Captain Morgan. So yeah, the jury is still out, but his free agency class this year and the draft class this year look very, very promising, much more promising than last year's class. And so it's sort of a wait and see mode, but I do think that the incompetence that has permeated this organization... Over the last 10 to 20 years generally is a big part of why Joe Douglas is seen in such a positive light right now Because there's so much hope with him Now Chris you and I have said this before He's got to prove it The results have to bear fruit If these guys that we're so high on right now end up not doing well If Elijah Moore looks good in camp but doesn't put it together on field If Denzel Mims doesn't turn into a good receiver if Zach Wilson doesn't turn into a franchise quarterback, if Elijah Vera Tucker doesn't live up to expectations, if Carl Lawson gets injured and misses a whole bunch of time and doesn't have an impact as a pass rusher, if Corey Davis never gets beyond eight or 900 yards, then we're going to have to have a whole different conversation about Joe Douglas, but I think right now, People are just excited for the fact that it seems like there's somebody here that has a real plan and a real sense of what to do and how to properly build a football team. And that's why he's getting so much praise. But I do agree with you that it is getting a little out of hand with some people. You keep hearing people say, in Joe, we trust Joe Douglas, FTW, all that stuff. I'm not there yet with Joe Douglas. I've got to see the results bear out first. I'm not willing to put blind faith in the guy. It's not like we can sit here and say that he's prime Bill Polian when Bill Polian was going from team to team to team and building winner after winner after winner, or Bill Walsh or somebody who's known for consistently building winners. Let's see what he does, but I like what he's done so far. Promising start. Results are going to have to come, though.
0: So I'll start here. Uh, Anytime you find somebody... Getting praise, it's gonna go overboard.
1: Except for you, Chris. When we praise you as a very big deal, there's no way that could be overboard.
0: Well, how could how could that be disputed? <laughs> I
1: mean, of course, of course. Um, but yeah,
0: that that's that's how it works. People get carried away. It's like the same thing we always talk about with players: how like a player goes from being overrated to underrated, or underrated to overrated, back to underrated, back to like they go through these cycles and. And so a player will be so underrated uh, and then eventually people catch up, but then they go too far by talking about how great they are. And it's like, no, well, he just wasn't awful. He's good, but he's also not great. Um, You know, and like Leonard Williams example is, is a perfect example. Every year it's it goes back and forth with him and it, it, it the answer is always it's somewhere in the middle of the extremes here as far as the draft class last year i mean yes you can obviously poke holes in that especially like Perrine, Zuniga, and morgan those those picks uh, we we questioned at the time that the day of the draft we questioned those picks like the cameron clark pick no matter what happens with that pick i'm not going to have a, an issue with it because it was a developmental pick. I, I saw the vision of what he was trying to do, and it made sense to me. So that, I, no matter what happens, he can never play a snap, and, and I get it. I'm, I'm going to be all right with that. <laughs> Some of the other stuff is just it's just way too early. Uh Becton is the only one that you could throw out. That, yeah, he's the only one that you're stamped at, like, yes, he hit that. But he's also the only one you could throw out there. And no matter what else was going on around him, you could see how good he was. Um, Ashton Davis, a, a safety, a rookie playing safety on a defense as bad as they were last year, man, that's an, a, a damn near impossible spot to be put in. You're going to look bad no matter what. And he took some bad angles on some stuff. But again, safety is a really tough uh position for a rookie to transition into, especially a, a free safety type of role. <laughs> um, and then Denzel Mims, he he showed a couple of flashes and at the when he first came back. But also, what do you what do you expect any receiver to do with that offense last year? So I, I, I totally get only saying he's only got one hit. You're you're right on that, but I, I, it feels like you're getting a little too close to already saying these other guys are busts. Uh, one year in, uh, again, on, under the best of circumstances, I'm not calling people busts after one year in. Um, and everything that this team went through last year with the coaches and just the lack of talent on the team, it, I'm I'm willing to give Ashton Davis, Denzel Mims, uh, a, a couple more years, you know, this year especially to see. The other thing is, and we've talked about this, it's back to the process over results thing. It's just the way he's going about it. The, and <clears throat> you talked about, of course, it absolutely uh, factors in just what a mess the Jets have been for over a decade um, remember, Mike McCagnon won uh, the Executive of the Year Award his first year. And that, I remember being like, okay, everyone's getting way too carried away with this. Because while we all liked the moves he made then, there were also obvious moves. Like, uh, who? of course he was going to sign Revis again. And Woody Johnson wanted to sign Re- Revis. There was a lot of obvious moves that he made then. And then everything fell apart around him. Um, And he wasn't building in the trenches. He wasn't doing the stuff that we know tried and true methods to building a roster. Joe Douglas is doing that stuff. So that's – even if you question a pick or a signing or this or not giving Robbie Anderson enough money or not paying Marcus May what you think he should deserve – He's still going about it in the right way. <clears throat> and with the way that, you know, McCagnan messed stuff up, Idzik messed stuff up, uh, Tannenbaum messed stuff up, and how they would go and try to uh, mortgage the future for guys and all this different stuff. He's not doing that stuff. And as much as you get frustrated by his, his, I'm sticking to my number and I'm not budging, that's what most of the really good team, the teams that are good consistently year after year, they find themselves in that position where they're letting guys go because they're not budging off their number. Yes. They all make exceptions for certain positions and certain players, but for the most part, they don't budge off their numbers. And maybe like you can look at a team like the Packers, who's historically like this. And yes, maybe their refusal to do that, has uh, stopped them from going as far as they could have. But it's also what it allows them to be in the playoffs year after year after year after year. Um, so that's the balance of it there. Of course, he's not infallible. And of course, uh, things can still not work out. But all this stuff is, kind. Of, it's all projection. And <clears throat> it's all about, this is how to go about building the team, building with the trenches, getting the quarterback. Now you have the rookie quarterback. I'm going to do everything around him. Like, honestly, just the fact of how much effort he's clearly putting into the offensive line after draft, drafting Jack uh, Zach Wilson, uh, got Becton last year, traded up for Vera Tucker, signed Morgan Moses now, mccagnon never did any of that for sam darnold uh the jets weren't uh they weren't doing that for geno smith and uh they weren't plugging in all types of new guys for mark sanchez either they had veterans when he started but they weren't restocking that talent when he left so just that should be enough to be encouraged um nobody should be getting completely carried away and I th- I think you know obviously I'm sure a lot of the and Joe we, we trust stuff is a little tongue in cheek but there's definitely some of that uh, where people just blindly trust him and you shouldn't do that for sure. Um, he, Belichick doesn't even deserve to be blindly trusted on every single uh, signing and move he makes. Um, so that that gets a little carried away, but that's that's also nature, man. That that's how every there is nothing good no one can ever do anything good without somebody's taking it too far and saying it's too much. Well, on the other side, there's always going to be somebody saying that wasn't good enough. So that's, that's just kind of how it works. And it's, if you think that he's getting praise too much, he probably is, but it's probably, uh, you know, just below what he should be getting. There's reasons why he's getting this praise. It's, it's smart. sound sound thinking. It's well thought out. He has a plan. He's trying to go about things in specific ways with specific intentions. And that's right. I'm a big believer of you can't uh, judge draft classes until two or three years later. But what we can judge is the process, the way he's going about stuff, the moves that he's making, the vision that he's trying can I understand why you're making this pick and what it could do and the value of the pick? Again, the Cam Clark example, I understand where that pick was. It's not a huge value pick. He threw a dart or you could look at the second, all the secondary picks he made this year. We don't know which ones of those guys are going to be good or if any of them are going to be good, but he said, okay, I feel good about these guys we got uh, in front of the draft. Now we need to address this uh, secondary a little bit. I'm throwing a whole bunch of darts on athletes in the secondary. I, I feel confident one or two of them gonna is going to hit. I like that strategy. Who knows if it's going to work? But that's a strategy I can get behind. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
1: Next question comes in from JP Waxer. He says... What do you think is most important For Zach Wilson to have a big Rookie season is it the strategy Is it the offensive line is it The weapons is it the coaching What is it overall I think it's probably The offensive line honestly if you're asking me To pick one thing there's a lot That goes into it obviously the game Planning the preparation The weapons but I think the Offensive line being able to give him Time to operate Especially when he's a rookie and he's Adjusting to the speed of the league That to me is the number one factor So I'm really glad that Douglas Took the opportunity to upgrade That line and I think the Morgan Moses Move especially is going to pay dividends Because it came out of nowhere you were still Looking at this line as potentially One of the weaker lines in the league Adding Morgan Moses there if Elijah Vera Tucker has a good rookie year This could be a much better offensive line Than we originally thought
0: Yeah I mean the answer is all of it Uh, I I agree with you on the offensive line. I'm going to – I'll go with the offensive coordinator here just to be a little bit different and just to touch on these points because I do think it's so important that Shanahan offense, what, uh, you know, before is going to run something similar of is just so good at uh, A, running the ball and forcing the defense to focus on the run game so much that it it gives more opportunity for the quarterback to make plays And then that offense is also so good at scheming guys open Now it's gonna they're going to have to work in conjuncture Because you can't scheme guys open if the offensive line can't block For more than a half a second It's just not going to work um, But I do think uh, I, I think you're right Overall it does come down to offensive line That's the most important thing but it's just, I want to mention how much that floor with the Chan offense, just how um, gigantically uh, influential and, and helpful that's going to be to him. Because he's going to make things so easy on Zach the, uh, to start with and lots of stuff that <clears throat> simple easy reads easy plays this guy is open and he's wide open you there's no hesitation no reason to do anything but just make the play um so i think that is going if he has a huge year it's going to be a combination of all of it um but that that will play a huge part in it
1: That's going to wrap up part two of the weekend mailbag. Make sure that you're following Chris on Twitter at CNimbley and at Jets Insider and reading his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. A lot of great shows for you coming up this week, including our daily training camp reports. Those will be returning. Luke Grant will pop on before training camp starts though, and we'll get into some more film reviews and we will do one last preview of Jets training camp Do not miss it, and also do not miss anything that's on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Subscribe if you haven't already, and check out all the great videos that Kayla Pace has put up in the form of Pace's playbook, her exclusive commentaries, and all of Luke's great videos, including film reviews of Bryce Hall, Makai Becton, Quinn and Williams, Elijah Moore Michael Carter, Zach Wilson And so much more Check them all out, subscribe to the YouTube channel If you haven't done that yet And make sure that you give us a 5 star review For the podcast on iTunes If you haven't done that already Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money But it goes a long way to help us out So if you could go ahead and do that for us We'd be quite grateful And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast And content, you know where to go that's Play Like A Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.